Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, here we are again today with another episode of the Women in Electronics podcast series, and I am so excited to be here with colleagues and friends today, Dave Doherty and Linda Johnson from DigiKey. So thank you for joining us. Great to be here. Thank you, Jackie. Yay. So this is a fun conversation because coming off of EDS and all the excitement and so much going on. um, But first of all, before I get into all that, let me just turn it over to each of you to actually introduce yourself, your title, what you do at DigiKey, and then we'll get into all of our discussion. So we'll start with you, Dave. Sure. Uh, Dave Darty. I'm president of DigiKey. I've been here for 15 years and in this role for almost the last eight and uh, he's coming up on a 40-year veteran in this crazy industry. Wow. Linda? Yes, well, um, Linda Johnson. I'm the EVP of Operations, and I'm actually celebrating my 35th year with DigiKey. That is amazing. So we have two very long-term leaders um, on this call, and looking at the evolution of DigiKey, you know, this is part of why we do these podcasts, is you've evolved as leaders with an organization. It's really an amazing story. I love the, my favorite thing of what I do is being able to talk to people like you. Um, And it's just so fun. So with that, we were saying, we all just, you know, Dave, you were there at DigiKey, obviously at uh, EDS uh, supporting DigiKey and your new launch, your new rebranding of your organization. And this is just an exciting time, right? It's an exciting time. So first, I want to get into a little bit about that um, because it's really part of the big purpose of this call. And maybe I'll just start with you first, though, Linda. Let us know kind of what led up to this. You know, what's the foundation of DigiKey kind of leading up to this point? Sure. And it it is actually an exciting year. So along with the, the brand launch and other things that we've got going on this year, we celebrated our 50th uh, DigiKey anniversary on April 3rd. And so, you know, for many that have worked with us for many years, uh, they're familiar with DigiKey. We've really got a proud history and of the broadest, you know, in-stock product selection. We're well known for our high levels of service. We're fast, we're accurate. Our team members just have a great work ethic. We really think of ourselves as a big family, uh, people Mm -hmm. that really care about the company. They care about each other. They care about our customers. And I I think one of the really neat things is when we look back, um, we were one of the first to have an interactive website where you could actually place an order. And that was in the late 90s. That was before companies like Google, you know, even existed. Um, One of the other, I think, big things we did in our history in 2011, we discontinued publishing a catalog. And that was, when you look back, it was really disruptive. A lot of people looked forward to that catalog. It was, you know, the icon on their desk. And it was like, wow, now what am I going to do without this catalog? So it was really, you know, forward looking, I think, at the time. On our site, you could get real-time information on price and availability and the selection versus, you know, waiting six months for a catalog that was, you know, out of date before it ever got in their hands. So 
there's just a lot of things that we're really proud of in our 50-year history, and and we have a lot to celebrate as we look back. Uh, but I think it's really important that now we look ahead as well. Well, well, you know, I have to say that that vision, right, from your founder and just some of the decisions that Digikey made way back when have helped literally shape what you are today. And then moving beyond that, though, so here we are having this launch. That was kind of exciting, I have to say, being at your breakfast. And I was surprised, like, you kept it under wraps pretty well. <laughs> like, I didn't know that you were doing this whole rebranding, so it was kind of a surprise. Um, but anyway, Dave, maybe can you tell us about that and the why and where you're going now? Yeah, you bet. It's, uh, it is exciting times and it is fun. And, you know, I think one of the things that, that we recognize, as Linda talked about, we're really we're proud of our history as, as any company would be. And it, it's been rich, but we also don't want it to be stagnant. The world is changing so quickly that we get feedback from some pockets of users that said, hey, yeah, DigiKey, oh, yeah, that's my catalog partner. Or I can use credit cards in order. And, when, and that's, you know, that's nowhere near who we are today. The, the world is changing so quick. And, you know, you've used the word visionary and we're pretty humble up here. And I, I think what we would say more so than when I think of visionaries, it's it's people that have changed the world by sitting in a room and just ruminating on cool ideas. For us, we try to be good listeners. What are the customers asking for? And they're asking for instantaneous access to information. You know, it's kind of like the old days when the ATMs first came out and everybody said, well, who's going to want to go to an ATM and when they can go to the lobby of the bank? And we've seen more and more that that progresses, that people are saying, give me the power and put it in my hands seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And although we sell really cool leading edge products, those services are being led by consumer companies. Look what we expect, never mind Amazon, when we order a pizza. We want to see exactly where it is in the process. And they want the same when they when they work with their, their high-tech partners. They want to know order status. What parts did I order recently that I can reorder? How can I interface with you on an API? Because if I have to call you, I'm not only tying up your people that I'm paying for one way or another, I'm tying up my own people. And so at DigiKey, we are relentlessly going towards automation and, and what we're terming a frictionless digital relationship. And that's not because we don't love customers. In fact, it's because we do love customers and want to value their time and how precious it is. That automation is going to manifest itself. People want more documentation. They want things like date code access and lock code, uh, cut tape. We've automated. That's one of the most prevalent ways that we ship product to customers. And our own engineers have built this monstrosity of a system that completely automates the cut tape down to the exact quantity the customer wants and spits it out like a stamp machine. And customers don't want to pay for waste. They want value. And so we're going to work our best to keep up with what we're hearing today and then stay close with them for those needs and wants for tomorrow. Well, real quick. Okay. So let me tell you talked about some new processes. I was just there. I don't know when that was Linda, a few months back, whenever, five months ago, uh, but you do have your new warehouse. So let's, let's talk about that as well, because um, this is a, a lot about the innovation and there's some questions about this, by the way, with the new warehouse too. So why one central location? What's the vision? You know, we're talking about the vision, starting this out. Tell me about the warehouse real quick, the vision for that and what that plan is. Sure, sure. You know, that part of the model hasn't changed. And we wanted, we are staying consistent to our to our beliefs that what customers want is they want choice and they want high availability. And it's really a simple equation that if you, you think about um, music selection, you know, if you're if you're limited by physical space or financial turns or 
um, the, the minimum order quantity for manufacturers, if you had to stock warehouses regionally, which in some industries, in some areas, it's very efficient to do it that way, but it limits how much you can, you can financially warehouse in that one location. So the secret to our model is we aggregate global demand. So if there's a little bit of a demand in the US and EMEA and Asia, we bring all that demand together so we can have that widest tail of products that we can stock in one location. And then transit time has been converted from lead time so that instead of 12 to 14 weeks, it's it's one to three days almost anywhere in the globe. Now, is that the perfect system for every customer in the universe? Absolutely not. But that's been a sweet spot that when we look at making trade-offs of reducing the tail of product to have a regional warehouse, it just hasn't made sense yet. And we continue to look at that Linda and team, and that's been discussed long before I joined the company, and we continue to look at it. But for now, building more automation into this mega single-site location is continuing to serve us, and we think the customers well. Mm. Really interesting. So, Linda, then I'm going to ask you, you know, with a lot of this foundational knowledge, uh, with all your operational background, tell us some of the things that we don't know about DigiKey. What are some things that we wouldn't know that you know? Well, I, I think sometimes we're just viewed as the cataloger, you know, historically, and and that many customers and even some of our partners don't realize that we're not just here for small quantities or yeah. sample type quantities. You know, customers can come in and, and we can engage at a deeper level with a supply chain program. Uh, we do scheduled orders, uh, APIs. So we've got immediate stock pricing and ordering information, tools like my lists, which are used for quoting and more, they're shareable. I think there's just uh, you know a plethora of things that we do so that we can really support customers you know, whoever they are, from the engineer, the small hobbyist to the large production type quantities. So that's a different model than what I, so when I, my start in the, um, in the industry was in the rep world. And I literally always thought that DigiKey, I mean, granted it's been a while now, but was the sample people. You've got anybody who wanted a sample, you could get anything from DigiKey and that's great and you could get it fast. But that is, I think, a message a lot of people need to hear. Production. You don't have to go switch to someone else for production. Stay with, and you have the design team. You have designers who can help. So to me, I think that's part of the messaging as well, right, is is that you can do the whole package, right? Right, right. I think about a historical advertisement, one-stop shop, and I think that's even more true now from, mm. you know, we really have some great e-commerce strengths and we're able to serve customers of all sizes throughout the world. Yep. I think that's awesome. So, Dave, anything on that before I move on to my next question? Yeah, just a, just a comment, though. It, the world's changed. It used to be about high-volume production. You know, what yep. was the old saying from, um, you know, from Henry Ford or the, you could have whatever color you want as long as it was black. And, you know, you know nowadays, the short-run production, micromanufacturing, et cetera, really lends itself to the production Linda's talking about doesn't mean that there's a gazillion of any one thing being built, that manufacturers want to try to uh, break down their product offering to smaller groups of people cost-effectively. And so we see a lot of people deal with us solely in production because they're changing their system so frequently, it just doesn't make sense to try to get into that real high volume that you think about classically life cycles lasting years. Life cycles are measured in months for many products nowadays. Mm. I think it's a really interesting point. And before I head into my next question, I'll just comment and say, 
I think I, it's admirable that DigiKey has always been a leader in healthy disruption, right? And we all know how disruption is, is that not everybody changes hard. Uh, and so not everybody embraces change right away. But I love that there's always been that element of DigiKey driving things really forward. And some of these changes have been pretty innovative and, and really have worked out for the best. And that requires a lot of courage. It requires just really being committed to your vision. Like there's so much of this, I think that is where the leadership really comes in, right? Is driving that change. So it leads me to my next question because um, I like to get to the heart of the organization, to the heart of the leaders. And first of all, DigiKey happens to be just a sweet town. You can't not love the town when you go visit. And the people are real and genuine and kind and just normal, nice human beings. Like that's the refreshing thing about Thief River Falls. And then you have this massive organization that is pretty much employing uh, most of the town. <laughs> so, and I know that's changing a lot. We'll get into that uh, with the way things are changing now uh, moving forward. But as we're talking about the leadership and nowadays post what we all went through with COVID is we're, we've emerged with a new sense of understanding um, how much we need our leaders to be real people. We need them to be uh, empathetic. We need them to understand. We need to, them to care so much um, with along with all the skills that they need <laughs> to lead the organization. But I wanted to get behind that, uh, you know, whole topic and just have that discussion with you both about the mental wellness and well-being. Nobody practically worked harder, like I think, than the heroes of our industry coming through COVID and all the people that were on the production lines. Dave, you said it at EDS so perfectly. You said, you know, president by day and then factory worker by night. Like everybody's helping, right? And that's part of the heart and what I love about DigiKey. But what are you doing coming through this time of that was significant change? We're coming out of that time, but significant change. And um, what is it you're doing, Linda? Maybe I'll start with you um, to take care of your employees and the culture of the organization. Sure. So I think, you know, like everyone else and everyone talks about it, we were really, COVID threw us all for a loop. You know, what we thought was going to be three, four weeks turned into a couple of years and really, I think, forced us in a good way to be more agile and look at how we work and and how we can work differently and and really we learned more i think about what employees want from us and need from us in in a basically a, a different world and so we've we've gone to a hybrid working environment which is something that we wouldn't have entertained before it wasn't even on our radar and our, our culture is really important and I think a differentiator for DigiKey. And you talked a little bit about it. It's it's really about the people and how we work together and pull together when that's needed. But I think it's it's shown us that as leaders, uh, now we're in a hybrid environment and part of our business. And we, we've just got to be more intentional about checking in on people. We're not seeing them every day. You know, we, we've had one-on-ones, but one-on-ones can't just be about productivity and, and how many orders you entered or how many parts you picked. It needs to be, you know, how are you? You know, how are you as a person? And getting making connections. And, and we've 
been focusing on what we call the three C's. It's connection, collaboration, and community because we're not seeing people. So when we do see people, we want them to really connect with us as individuals, as teammates, and and connect with the company so that they feel that um, they're part of DigiKey. So, you know, isolation is really an issue for some. Um, For a lot of people, work was a big part of their social life and that went away. So we're doing things like pulse surveys, you know, Mm. checking in, how's it going, what's working, what's not working. We're doing one-on-ones, what's working with your one-on-ones, what's not, you know, just trying to understand where people are and then, you know, what do we need to provide as a company? Are there third-party resources like employee assistance programs? How do we make sure that there's an awareness to those and that they're readily available to people and they feel comfortable reaching out for that. Um, organizations like we, you know, we we partnered together early yeah. days of COVID and we did some workshops, not just for employees, but for the community that, you know, brought things like, you know, how to take care of yourself better. Um, th- there's been so much change and it's it's not just change in the workplace, but it's change in, in our lives. And so much of that has been out of control. So I think it's really highlighted a need for us to have a really strong change management program internally. And we build that capability and, and that becomes part of our culture. Um, a, a recent example that I, I just had where I saw a real shift. And I think What's happened over the last couple of years was a, a conference that I was just at recently, and it was a high-tech, very large companies, and uh, the CEOs spoke to the audience. It was two companies, and uh, both CEOs got up, and the discussion was different. So the, the focus really was about people and relationships and how key they are to success. It was about change and building you know, a learning mindset into your culture. And the other thing that really struck me and I think stuck with me was was part of why it was different is both of those CEOs were women. And I think women just naturally bring more empathy overall into the workplace. And I think what's happened over the last two to three years has really raised the level of awareness of how important it is. And, and the focus is is definitely where it needs to be. That's awesome. I love that story. And, and you know, I think I've seen it through COVID, but we've seen um, so many people now be more empathetic because all of us were impacted during COVID. But mm-hmm. Linda, I have to say, as a woman leader, you really exemplify that very well with your team. You're very uh, kind and caring, compassionate, but a solid leader. So I love uh, so much about you is, is that you are that example of what others look to, right, during that time. And it's really uh, critical. Dave, you always have been awesome in that way. A male leader, strong, but very kind and empathetic as well. Love that about you. Um, is there any que- any comments you have about this topic with the mental well-being and how you're approaching it with your teams? Yeah, just a couple of quick ones, because I think Linda did a, a great job, phenomenal job kind of summarizing it. First, let me just go back, because when I moved here 15 years ago, I used the word salt of the earth probably 10 times a day to describe people here, as you just did. Mm -hmm. But I don't want anybody to be mistaken. There is also an underlying uh, competitiveness in a positive way. We call it a humble confidence. 
you know, I grew up on the East Coast and spent a lot of time in industry on the West Coast, and sometimes both coasts wear their competitiveness on their sleeve. In the Midwest, particularly upper Midwest, there's not that, they don't feel that need to do that, but don't mistake that for not being, you know, very passionate and, and knowing that, you know, people keep score. But our, but on this topic, you know, Linda's spot on. And when, when COVID first hit, there was actually some silver linings. You know, as we became uh, as we started to grow more globally, people started feeling a little less connected from this little hub in Northwest Minnesota in the small small region of the world. And so we started having calls every week, every Wednesday, just things were changing so quickly, as, as Linda said, from two weeks to a month to eventually two years. And then that every Wednesday went to every other, and now every third Wednesday, the people said, hey, I'm hearing more about what's going on inside of DigiKey than I ever did before. We we feel more connected in some ways. We're having this conscious communication. So it starts with that. And then secondly, we acknowledge to leaders, your job's gotten much tougher. It used to be just about the output on work. And now you have to be this really, truly leader of people. And, and you have to be empathetic. And some of our leadership development curriculum has geared, has turned into that direction. You know, talking consciously about topics like psychological safety. Does the group feel open and honest? Is there trust where they can speak their minds, they can share their thoughts? Because it's only through that environment do you have to truly build upon a foundation that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And and then how do you have pulse surveys so you know that the the in large groups, you're able to give feedback in addition to one-on-one settings. So I don't want to give any illusions that we've completely figured it out or that it's perfect, but we at least recognize the need for it. And, and again, that intentionality that has to be brought to these topics. Well, and this is really critical why it's so important to have the leaders at the table uh, coming from a place of emotional intelligence, because if you can't have it or want to develop it, in yourself, it's very hard to develop that in the team. But think about your work history. How often were you talking about emotional intelligence at the leadership table or even developing that, right? This is new. <laughs> this is new in the workplace. So, but really beyond this conversation, I think it's really great uh, comments and suggestions and and really explain some of the heart behind some of the growth. And then I'll, I'll ask you one more question. Um, and really, this is a question I am asking leaders now more because talking about emotional intelligence, knowing ourselves, you know, it's that question of as human beings, right? what is it that makes you like experience joy in your soul and what is it that actually makes you cry in your soul Mm -hmm. so you know that is a really hard question uh for a lot of people and i think you know linda i'll start with you um to ask you as a leader as a human being you know what are those things for you so so it's easy. Dave is probably thinking, oh, I wish she would have asked me first, but <laughs> we, we share um, commonality and that we both have grandkids. And and I just think that they bring me such joy. And, um, you know, I will say that it's part of life's rewards is this time in life with grandkids and just watching them grow. And frankly, watching your kids be parents is mm. is pretty amazing. And so mm-hmm. that that's an easy answer for me is that's what brings me joy. Um, what I will say, you know, makes my makes my heart cry or or, or concerns me and, and brings me, you know, sleepless nights is also thinking about, you know, my grandkids and and other people's 
kids and grandkids and and the world that frankly they're growing up in and yep. there's so much global unrest um it's a very divided there's there's lack of connection i think about this amazing technologically advanced world that we live in but i have to wonder what kind of world that they'll grow up in and so th- that's that's what makes me sad inside is is just having to wonder and what what their world will be like 20, 30 years from now. Right. And so that as a mother to mother, I share that same concern with you as well, Linda. That is definitely something to make you cry in your soul. So, Dave, what is what is that answer for you in both regards? Well, you know, as Linda said, the, the one was easy as far as the true joy, but not everyone is at that stage yet of uh, but when they uh, when they join that club, there's no better club. You know, I'd say for me, there's this there's been a, a trend and and COVID is kind of accelerating. And I'm hoping we can find a way of reversing it where people have become inwardly focused. It's it starts with you know if you if you look at Maslow's pyramid of concerns, it's we were worried about our own safety, security when COVID first hit, and it's become a little bit about you know, what about me. And, you know, I've, I've seen some of that even reach that upper Midwest, northern Midwest, where it used to always be about what can I do for others? And I'm hoping as a society, and Linda talked about the polarization, that we can somehow shift back to some neutral base. And, uh, you know, there's a dis, there's distrust. There's distrust in, in our leadership, whether it's from a, a, a country level, even within companies. You know, the, you read the press out there, it's companies are evil, leaders are evil. We try to share and be visible with folks to let folks know we're just human beings. It's We have grandchildren, we have children, we we have lives. We're all pooling together to try to make this work. And and, and somehow, you know, there's this just a, a, a feeling out there that's pervasive that there's there's it's there's more than that or there's some insincerity around that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to flip it around and, and I'm going to say some of the what concerns Linda is what energizes me. I came back from EDS and I met with uh, one of the, the leaders of one of our, of our suppliers. And, you know, there's all this discussion of purpose and maybe I'm too practical. My engineering mindset, we don't need purpose. We just need to get work done. And then we started talking about all the problems in the world today, all the challenges around alternative energy, global warming, decarbonization. It reminded me that what's going to solve this is science and technology. It's it's our companies. And we, we love our suppliers. We've got well over a thousand of them, but they only touch 30 to 50 direct customers. Each of them, they're strategic customers. We touch the balance. So all of these challenges in the world, many of are going to be solved through that relationship that we get to be a part of between as a bridge between customers and, and suppliers. And that's extremely energizing. We're starting to focus each week on here's a new customer that we're introducing to our company to let them know these aren't just parts the size of a, of a flake of pepper and a pepper shaker that just go out to some nameless face. You know, this is technology that's going to a customer that's doing something really cool with it. And you know that I find some energy in that. And hope. So- I feel like I love that we are part of an industry and we're kind of like the the hidden secret. Like you don't know, it's like the clown behind the curtain, you know, we're doing so much behind the curtain to innovate the world, right? To innovate. And if you bring it down to a real story, Linda, do you remember that time uh, I called you? I was supposed to be coming to DigiKey on a Monday. It was like a few years ago. And I actually was in the hospital. I actually came down with something just out of the blue, didn't even realize it, ended up turning into a pretty major thing, right? I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And as I'm sitting there, though, I'm thinking, 
being, oh my goodness, thank goodness all this equipment working. But we don't really think about it until you're in that situation. Uh, we have medical advances. If you think of, uh, you know, the environment and just so many things we touch and impact, it's crazy. So I would say it's very exciting, right? It's as exciting for us because we have that impact on the globe. Um, but it has just been so Nice uh, to sit here and chat with you both. And so any final thoughts before we have to sign off um, on our interview? Anything else about DigiKey or just anything in general? Any messages? Linda, I'll defer. First. <laughs> but I, I just think, you know, what you said and Jackie just added to is just that we are in a really amazing industry. And I would just, you know, also like to thank Jackie and we just for continuing to bubble that up, how important it is that we continue to really focus and and grow new leadership in this in this industry. So there is that, you know, mm -hmm. spark of hope and and joy in what the future holds. So thank you, Jackie. Yep. Oh. Linda, it's the last time I let you go first though, because you you take so many <laughs> of my thoughts, but Jackie, you know, I'll share with you, and you know, none of this was scripted. You certainly didn't ask for it, but again, a thank you to to we for what you guys do. You know, you've you've given us thanks for our participation, and I've told you all along, it's very self-serving because some of the the programs, the speakers, the topics we talked about today, we bring speakers from we up to our chapter session in Thief River Fall. We're talking about now how do we tap into your mentorship program, et cetera. So, for companies out there, don't be passive with this. Uh, Jackie and her team are producing podcasts, curriculum, material, advice, counsel. You're not in this uh, world alone with all this complexity. So take advantage of it. Mm, thank you so much. Well, I feel like I need to pay you for that. But <laughs> no, and this is actually what I the last thing to end on is partnership. So the one thing that DigiKey, Dave, you all loop it back around to what you said at the very beginning is your supplier partners. So it's not just your customers. We're in a world partnerships all the way around, how we engage with each other's channel partners, how we engage with our end users is so critical. And this is part of a partnership, right? And I'll have to say, Dave, you were the first one who contacted us of <laughs> anybody when we first started. Totally appreciate that. But um, so grateful for this partnership, always will be. Uh, exciting to see DigiKey thriving and, and advancing and moving beyond, right, uh, into the next. And so just wanted to conclude the interview and say thank you both for being here very much. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Jack. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.